We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Knicks fans, welcome to another episode of Cap Rules Everything Around Me. Cream, get the money, dollar dollar bills, y'all. It is good to be back. Oh, it's fun to enjoy the season for everything that it is, because at the end of the day, it's you know it's basketball. That's what we want to watch it for. But we're just about to hit kind of the unofficial official start point of trade season, and I just you can smell it in the air. You know, holidays are coming. We're in the middle of the holiday season, and we get to now talk about ways Knicks can figure out trades. It's a beautiful thing. So um, John and I did a podcast yesterday. If you're tuning in, hopefully you had the chance to listen to it. Uh, if not, we really, you know, we dove through a lot of the four players that are seemingly on the trade block, or at least in trade conversations right now. Uh, that being Derek Rose, Evan Fournier, Cam Reddish, and Emmanuel Quickly. And John and I talked at length about these players, certain deals that could kind of work, maybe that don't try to understand the parameters of what might be the case, what not. you know, listen, I don't have the answers for what these teams want, but at least take good educated guesses to see where we go from there and we can figure it out. And it's kind of fun to just work through these scenarios as these teams figure it out. So December 15th is the day where a lot of these trade restrictions kind of fall away. Uh, mostly for players who are, Signed or extended and uh, or, you know, in free agency. And then for some of them as well, like Ryan Archidiakono or uh, Svi Mikulik, uh, they basically are, you know, December 16th or December 17th. So if they're being used in a deal, maybe it greases the wheels money wise a couple of days later. But we can get into all of that. Plenty to talk about for sure. But as we stand right now, I mean, the Knicks is going well. It's going well in this moment. Winners of four in a row. The sixth seed would hilariously enough be playing the Cavs if the season ended today. And that would be uh, pretty juicy for a lot of the narratives and storylines, but there's still plenty of basketball left. Plenty of it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it just, you know, 
my view is the Knicks are going to be good enough where they should be winning games and they're not going to tank. So they should keep winning games. It's the important part. And I know that, that might lead to a quote unquote mediocrity type of path, but I don't, I really don't think that's the case. Obviously, you know, if I were in charge, what would I do? Well, that first season, I would have loved to have really kind of dug into the draft as opposed to looking for the fourth seed, but it was still a great season. And it's not like the front office necessarily thought the season was going to go that way. Vegas certainly didn't. Randall went off. Derek Rose, he had a huge impact. That's not what happened. And then they kept building from there. And there is a pathway to get from where we are right now to multiple stars, superstars. It's just a tough one. And it's going to potentially come with losing players that we as fans really love. And that's going to hurt. It'll hurt less if we are able to see the Knicks finish their goal, right? Like it's going to be sad if I see a player I love not be on the Knicks, but for me, it's more the front of the Jersey than it is the back at the end of the day, as annoying as that may be. If only basketball didn't have a salary cap, right? If it were like baseball with a payroll, it'd be great. We could just see owners spend money like crazy. Wouldn't even matter, but it's also where the fun comes in, right? All these puzzle pieces kind of fitting into play. So alas, we do have a salary cap. Probably won't change. Would be too painful for the small markets. Um, so yeah, you know, I know the uh, questions probably start streaming in soon. Excited to answer those thoughts, comments, everything, whatever you got. I'm ready for them. In the meantime, you know, uh, Knicks are playing the Bulls tomorrow, being Wednesday. Uh, they're playing them again in Chicago on Friday then take on the Pacers. So opportunity to win seven in a row, be pretty nice. We'll see how Jalen Brunson's doing. Not a sprained ankle. So that's great. Very encouraging. Um, and we'll just kind of go from there. So yeah, you know, looking for, let's see. Uh, so as we see some of the comments kind of stream through, uh, I'm just going to get a little bit started here. Uh, I got Jason M. So Jason says, Jeremy, cam to the Lakers seems likely to happen. Do you think the Knicks will want Max Christie back in the deal? He's young, but he fits a th as a three and D prospect. Essentially, I mean, it's a question of how much time might Max Christie get in this situation. So I believe I'm going to actually look at his contract situation because believe it or not, I don't have how many years off the top of my head. Okay. He's a minimum contract guy. 2024 restricted free agent certainly could work out. Jason, I'd be lying if I said I'd watched enough Lakers to see how he'd be playing. Um, my thought process here, yeah, you know, if, if you're the Knicks and you're able to trade Cam Reddish for an impact player, that's certainly a, a strong thing to do. I still wonder if they're going to keep focusing on draft accumulation moving forward. I really don't know. Uh, at the end of the day, it, it seems like they're just comfortable filling in with the spots right now. I mean, for me, I feel as though, despite Tibbs saying a nine-man rotation, all right, let's say you run with a nine-man rotation, Tibbs, that's fine. You still need at least one other guy to be there because Evan Fournier and Cam Reddish are healthy. They're just not playing. So if you can find a way to get even a 10th guy who can be healthy to, to fill in as a ninth guy, whatever it might be, it's really important. So, you know, I think if you're the Knicks, you're probably looking more for something that's like a second-round pick instead. Again, it's not disrespect to Christie. I can't comment on his game as well as others can. It's just, it seems like they could find someone to fill in a little bit better in the sense of their long term. But if we're talking about the financial aspect of it, it's, yeah, he certainly fits in line with that. It's super easy. What do we got next? Uh, 
Let's see. We got um we got Justin, by the way, doing a great job. Thank you, Justin. He's wouldn't be here without him, so appreciate his <laughs> his work here. Uh Blood of Depanta. Are there any dark horse teams that would take a swing at Cam? John and I talked about the Pistons as one option just because they're kind of um throw anything at the wall and see what sticks sort of team where, especially this year, it's a shame that Cade's not going to be healthy. He's going to be out for the year and a year they'd be losing games anyway. And it's going to hurt the development of a lot of other players. I don't think at the end of the day, they would bring cam in just because there are a lot of mouths to feed. They're trying to figure out situations. Again, cam does, he needs to get paid. I don't think he's going to get paid a lot. It's just a question of if you are Detroit, would you rather, like, is that the type of move you want to make? They did it with Bagley last year. Are they going to do it with Reg again this year? They could, uh, but, you know, I think other than the, the big thing with the Lakers too, is it feels like it's a lot of, it feels like clutch, you know? I mean, I'm sure there might be other reasons, but it seems like clutch is a driving factor here. And they recognize that they could get talent on a buy low opportunity. And if that's while also moving out other salary, they don't need. So that's, a good option, but you know, I mean, just looking through these teams, I think Charlotte's probably set unless they're moving other players, but they need to pay guys too. So even if cam's making like five, seven, $8 million a year for a cash strap team like Charlotte or one that's maybe a little bit more frugal, I don't know if that's their direction. Same with Orlando, Houston. They've got a lot of young guys as is San Antonio's doing their thing without them. I'm curious about the Wizards, but they've got so many wings as is. They might move Kuzma. He's a four, though. So, um, yeah, it's kind of Miami, of course, is an option. But as we said, money wise, it feels like, you know, are we talking Dwayne Dedman and a second round pick? I'd, all right. It, it just doesn't move me. I'm, but then again, that's is that the market for Cam? Can you do better than that? It's tough to say. You can't really improve his value if he's not playing. And the Knicks don't seem to have interest in playing him further and they're winning without him. So the argument to up his value to me isn't necessarily there. So yeah, other than the Lakers, you know, maybe one of the the bad teams that's comfortable throwing something at the wall and seeing what sticks. Uh, I feel like the one team we can safely rule out is the Atlanta Hawks. So there are 28 other squads. We'll see if they're of, of interest, but thank you for that question. All right. Next, what we got? <laughs> All right. Um, ah, from Junon. Thank you so much for uh, the contribution. Jeremy, salute. I have a feeling the Knicks aren't going to do much here. Something small, moving reddish seems like the only move. Please tell me why I'm wrong and why 30 is on the move. Yeah, I'm of the same mindset that I don't think the Knicks are going to do anything earth shattering at this deadline. They've been pretty easygoing with a lot of it. Just again, I don't see Julius Randle moving and it's not because the Knicks feel like they have to trade him. I just don't see them forcing the issue. I don't see someone coming in here who's giving the impact and I understand that it is a mixed bag with Julius, but to me, he feels like much more of a kind of longer term play in terms of moving him. And uh, there's not really a reason to, to do it right now. If he's, if you can't find someone else who can give you what 
the offensive production, at least what Julius Randle will give you. And especially if he's able to show effort, even a decent amount of effort on the defensive end, then you're looking at a, a high impact player. I don't see who on the market is going to give you that. I don't know the, the draft picks, the Knicks are trying to balance winning and capitalizing on the future and moving Randall for something that's not around the same level of talent or greater than that puts them in a precarious spot where they start losing games and, you know, they have future assets, but are they around to use them if they keep losing? And I think the Knicks are trying to find this sweet spot of where can we win games, still contend later on, have all of these picks. How can we churn all of this together and create a sustainable and winning product without feeling like we could be fired at the drop of a hat? Because if you think about what all the teams in the past have done, uh, it's been losing. They've been they've been losing games. And that's been the impetus for why Dolan has forced those front offices out. If the Knicks are winning games and if they have their eyes to the future and it doesn't seem like a Chicago Bulls type of situation or a Minnesota Timberwolves situation, then they'll be fine. So I I'm sorry. I think they'll do something small or smaller. Um, you know, maybe they'll move Fournier, maybe Cam for sure, I believe. Other than that, I think they're just going to take it easy and assess this offseason. And I, I think that's probably the safest call to make. And I'm okay with that. Uh, one other thing that I think is kind of relevant is, you know, Svee's contract is a partial guarantee, but Archidiakono's contract is completely non-guaranteed. So um, I'll say this as a reminder in a few weeks, but January 10th is the deadline for non-guaranteed contracts. Last year with Wayne Selden, they cut him. They took on Denzel Valentine's money for a couple players who whose rights are drafted internationally. I could see the Knicks doing the same thing with Archie Diacono here, where they basically non-guarantee his deal, keep that roster spot open for any deals they want to finagle. Maybe it's two for one later on. Like, for example, the Lakers trade that was floated where the Knicks said, hey, we'll do Fournier for Beverly and none. That would essentially be that type of move because you can't create the roster spot. Now they can. And if they do that. So look for someone like Archie Diacono to take a very brief vacation from the Knicks and then probably maybe come back after the deadline if the Knicks don't feel like they're all set with their 15 spots. But thank you for the questions you went on. All right. Uh, Blood of the Panda, what are offers that the Suns can make for Julius that Leon can't refuse? I don't know if they're, I mean, again, it's probably upgrading. Upgrading talent. I don't see the moving Aiton. I don't know how interested the Knicks are in Cameron Johnson at this point. I'd say he's a bad player. He's, he's very good. I just don't see them moving a lot of their core. And the way that the Suns are kind of operating right now, to my understanding, is they usually take it year by year. They don't trade a whole bunch of picks that are super far out. With everything in ownership, with Sarver, it's just very, seems like it's in flux. I think the safest thing for them to probably do is probably a Kuzma-style trade, where they're trading expiring salary for expiring salary. They're comfortable trading this year's pick. And then next year, what they're basically, this summer, they're essentially saying, well, we could re-sign Kuzma, or we could sign and trade him somewhere else. And all it did was cost us, say, 25th pick in this year's draft. And they've got a winning team. Like That's the type of deal that I think makes sense. Other than that, I don't think there's a great pathway for the Suns as a suitor for him. I honestly don't even know what really would be a great Suns trade unless, you know, like are the Knicks targeting Landry Shamit? 
he's got a really tasty deal from in the eyes of Brock Aller. I'm sure he loves it where it's non-guaranteed fully, you know, it's team option and then non-guaranteed for the last two years of that deal. But it's around $11 million. I don't think they want Fournier. I don't think they want Cam to then pay him, but um, that's one contract that I think would be intriguing at the very least, but we shall see. From uh, Jonathan Macri, huh, familiar name and face. I think I've read your newsletters and whatnot once every now and then. Uh, Jeremy, who has the, uh, thank you for the super chat contribution, by the way, John. Uh, Jeremy, who has the worst contract in the NBA and why is it someone other than my man, Duncan Robinson? It's a great question. Well, um, for starters, Duncan Robinson, you know, he's really, he, he's just, he's a scrappy guy, right? Like he's a gym rat through and through he's heat culture embodied. Sometimes you just, you need a podcast host as one of your, one of the men, your 15 man rosters. Um, and yeah, that's right. NBA teams. I'm willing and able. That's right. Um, I believe John is too. If, if the opportunity arises, but other than him, it's, it's harder to find that. I know John and I went over those players yesterday. I think the Collins contract is bad, but not in a way that it's so much worse. I think the Bertans contract is pretty rough. I just, it's a lot of money for a backup for, I think he's making 16, $17 million a year, gets paid $5 million to not play basketball in a couple seasons. So uh, John, for the sake of, of your sanity and your question and your super chat, I'm going to go with um, Davis Bertans. He's got the worst contract in the NBA. You heard it here first. So yeah. Thank you for that, John. From Juanon, side note, kind of, did Indiana's surprising start stunt the trade market? It seems like Heald and Turner were the most valuable pieces that were known to be available. It's definitely possible. I mean, their owner, Herb, uh, Herb Simon, first time he decided to tank when as he was owning the team was last year. And it was really because they had to pivot from Sabonis. Not had to, but they wanted to move off of him. They, had, they couldn't turn down Tyrese Halliburton, took on Buddy Heald. The way I see it with the Pacers, and maybe they do decide to say, you know what, forget about this season. We're going to really lean into the tank and see if we can get someone like Victor Wembanyama. Herb Simon's 90 years old. If I'm 90 years old, I don't want to go through a rebuild. I'm here for a good time, not a long time. And there's no reason why I'd be like, yeah, that's cool. And like the Nationals, their owner was in his 90s and they're they're only rebuilding now because they already won the title and they have probably no other choice because the financial payments they made were so intense with deferred roles. Like I could see the Pacers losing games and then being, yeah, all right, let's think towards the future. But I feel like a big part of it might be they're really confident in Halliburton. Really like Matherin. Some other nice pieces on there. And they just try to keep winning and they try to keep, adding talent. They've got three picks in this year's draft. You know, two of them are going to be mid to late twenties. Might even, one might even be 30th if the Celtics finish with the best record in the NBA. But I would agree that they probably did impact the market a bit, but it seems like the Lakers were comfortable waiting it out. I think that the price point was just so high with the two first round picks that they're just like, yeah, we'll just, we'll wait. And kudos to them because Russ looks far better in a different role. And there's a lot of time. I mean, Miles Turner has not been the healthiest individual 
So if he's not able to keep that up, then if you're the Lakers, unless you're just trading for bird rights, you probably don't need him. And when you have LeBron James, and Anthony Davis playing at such a high level, I believe AD has been playing more of the five too. It's, you know, it could shift him back and it works that way, but it all depends on Turner's health. So I think the Lakers should keep looking if they, if this doesn't work out, but yeah, definitely possible. From Drippy, is a Kuzma for Randall swap possible? Would the front office consider this? All right, so it wouldn't be a one for one. You have to have more money. You have to be like Kuzma and Barton for Randall, for example. Um, I don't think it works. I, I mean, financially, sure, something along those lines works. But I don't think it works with what the Knicks are going for. Kuzma is a good player. I want that to be clear. He is. I just think that they, <laughs> I think they're more committed to Randall than acquiring Kuzma, an unrestricted free agent, and paying him this offseason. And, you know, he's good. He, he is a good player. I also don't think he's going to come off the bench. I know in this situation or this hypothetical, he wouldn't be. But I just, I think that they would rather roll with the player who's had a higher ceiling. Uh, just, in his career. Um, and it, granted that was one season, but we're seeing him having even more efficient season than he did in the we here year. So I just don't think it's an upgrade at this point. And there's a little bit of a risk where if Kuzma leaves, you know, I'm sure a lot of fans would be like, great, got off the contract. It's fine. I'm not Randall anymore, but it, I, I think the Knicks are going to want more, more for that. They're, they're going to want to continue a soup. And then if they lose Kuzma, then it's not good. And you're not going to lose Randall because he's under contract. So that's why I don't think it would happen. But yeah, it, it'd be funny to see Randall and Porzingis paired together, which is something a lot of Knicks fans like myself were really intrigued by when Randall was a free agent years ago. Frank sound. <laughs> My Giannis 24 question costs $250. <laughs> Please look at the Bucks salary. How many CF outs will Giannis, will Giannis, a conference finals outs will Giannis tolerate? Lopez is a key guy and old IDK. Giannis 24 is possible. Salute KFS. Thanks. All right, Frank, let me, let's break this down. So Frank wrote earlier about, hey, look at Giannis. Look at what the Bucks will look like later. Do the Bucks trade Giannis? And first and foremost, I mean, look, on one hand, never say never, right? Secondly, on the other hand, it's so rare to see a legitimate bona fide superstar get traded, period. Um, in 2024, Giannis would have one year of team control and a player option. He'll hit the free agent market because he's Giannis and he can do that. The question is, if you're the Bucks, why you move him if you feel like he's going to leave? Because... The odds of the Bucks getting a talent anywhere near as good as Giannis in even the next 25 years is slim to none. Your windows are so short. And so if you're Milwaukee, you probably look at it as like, we can still be a damn good team in 2024 because we'll have Giannis and Adekumpo. And from there, if he wants to leave, we can sign and trade him away. I'm sure he would be amenable to that. They wouldn't get a lot back, but they would have had an incredible run of, you know, 11 seasons by that point. 
you don't really quit on talent like that. I know from the business standpoint, it makes sense. Or if you feel like you're going to lose him, you get ahead of it. But when you have talent, that's that good. If they're not asking out, you don't trade them. You keep them and you try to retool around them to the best of your abilities. How that works from there. We'll see. But to me, it's always been in my mind. All right. He's it's a pipe dream, but that pipe dream maybe becomes a less of a pipe dream when he's a free agent, but trading for him, like with Luca, I feel like if he's so frustrated with the way that it's going with the Mavs in three, four years, then I understand it probably close to four years, but then I get it, but he'd have to ask out for that to happen. And yes, unless Giannis is saying, I don't want to be here anymore. There's not really a reason to do it. Like were the Spurs going to trade Kawhi if they believed that he didn't, if, if they thought he would stay, would they have traded him? Probably not because you don't quit on that type of talent. It's just that good. So we'll reassess in a couple of years, but I don't think he's a 2024 option. I'm sorry, Frank. Hey guys, quick break to tell you about WinBet, the official sports book of Nick's film school. Ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards are right at your fingertips with Win Rewards on WinBet. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports from the NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, the WNBA, college football, and more. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet 100, win 100. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com. That's wynnbet.com to start winning. Download, bet, win. It's that simple. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, Knicks fans? Want to let you in on a little secret. Just because I live in the Big Apple doesn't mean I don't love following all the different NBA storylines. Can the Warriors win another one? Who's the MVP frontrunner? What's Frank Nilakina up to? Following these storylines and watching out-of-market games used to be a big pain because they don't always show the games I want in my area. But this season, 
I discovered an amazing trick that lets me watch every single NBA game live for a fraction of the normal cost. It's called ExpressVPN, and here's how it works. The NBA offers NBA League Pass, which lets you stream games online. But if you live in the U.S. or Canada, it doesn't let you watch all of them. Some games are blacked out. So what do you do? Fire up ExpressVPN and use it to change your location to a different country. Sign up and use NBA League Pass, and boom, no blackouts. And depending on the country, NBA League Pass could cost less than 15 bucks for a whole year. ExpressVPN works on your computer, phone, router, and consoles like Fire TV, so you can watch all the games from any device. And even when I'm not watching hoops, I use ExpressVPN all the time for stuff like Netflix or Disney Plus to access thousands of extra shows that are only available on other countries' libraries. Enjoy all 1,230 games of the NBA season in HD with the world's most trusted VPN, ExpressVPN. Don't hesitate. Use this special link today and get three months free at expressvpn.com slash film school. Then you can use ExpressVPN to sign up for NBA League Pass at a huge discount. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-VPN.com slash film school for three months free. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, Knicks fans? With the bustling holiday season just around the corner, it's the perfect time to plan ahead with Factor, a ready-to-eat meal delivery. They shop, prep, cook, and deliver right to your door so you can enjoy chef-crafted, dietitian-approved meals during the holidays minus the hassle. Plus, with 34 meals per week, including Gourmet Plus, Keto, Calorie Smart, Vegan and Veggie, and more than 36 weekly add-ons, you'll have plenty of nutritious, flavorful options to choose from. My holidays are jam-packed. Luckily, Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals make it easy to fuel up fast when I'm on the go. Plus, I save time with meals delivered ready to heat and eat in just two minutes. Factor now offers 34 meals per week and more than 36 add-on options, such as smoothies, juices, snacks, and so much more to keep me going no matter what I have going on. Also, Factor is cheaper than dining out. Put the money you save towards holiday fun and you time. And thanks to Factor's commitment to ingredients with integrity, you can enjoy flavorful, chef-crafted meals guilt-free. Need a special occasion? meal? Gourmet Plus is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easy. When things get hectic during the holidays, Factor is flexible. Change your order up every week with plans from 4 to 18 meals per week or pause and reschedule your deliveries anytime. Even better, Factor's no prep, no mess meals save me so much time on planning and cleanup so I can enjoy the holidays without wasting hours in the kitchen. Not only does Factor offer fast, simple solutions when I get too busy to cook, they also help me stay on top of my goals. With offerings like Protein Plus and Keto, I can stay on track. This is definitely going to come in handy during the holidays. Knicks fans, Factor has everything you need for a week of flavorful, nutritious eats. In addition to ready-to-eat meals, they have cold-pressed juices, smoothies, energy bites, extra protein, veggie sides, and more to keep you energized during frantic holiday times. Don't hesitate. Head to go.factor75.com slash film 
FILMSCHOOL60 and use promo code FILMSCHOOL60 to get 60% off your first box. That's code FILMSCHOOL60 at go.factor75.com slash FILMSCHOOL60 to get 60% off your first box. All right, Lumbar, could the Lakers possibly be a landing spot for quickly? I don't think so. They can't trade their pick this year. There is something they could do. It's funky, but bear with me. They could trade their second round picks and then kind of do like a swap sort of thing. It, it's confusing and it probably wouldn't work anyway. The Bucks and the um, Rockets did this a couple of years ago when PJ Tucker went from Houston to Milwaukee, but they can't really trade this year's pick with ease because of the Stepian rule. The Pelicans can defer their pick. So it's like, if you're the Lakers, are you trading a 2027 first for quickly? Probably not. You could, but you, those picks would probably be better suited landing you someone better than Emmanuel quickly, especially using Russell Westbrook's salary to maybe net you two players and round out the roster. I think you could add quickly to any NBA roster and they would be a better team. No doubt about it, but there's a price point that comes with it. And I don't think there's a way for the Knicks and Lakers to meet in the middle where quickly can be had with ease. So I don't think they're a landing spot, at least not this year. Dirty Dancer, while making cap or no cap, did you find any players you would want to target with the mid-level next year? It's a great question. I, they're not a ton. Here's the issue with the mid-level that I was running into, which is if you're the Knicks and you're operating over the cap, so you get the, the full non-taxpayer mid-level exception. It's around $11 million, give or take. If your goal is 2024 cap space, unless you're signing someone to a one-off contract or one-off season, which you could do, I don't know how many players are going to be that interested, but it is good to have expiring salary. And I think, so I'll get to the question in a second, but how the Knicks operate with the mid-level, it's going to be really telling for this upcoming year. Because if it bleeds into 2024, then yeah, they could move it and they could sign a player and then flip him and create cap space that way for an expiring deal if they're better. I just don't know what that role would be. So theoretically speaking, you know, let's say the starting five stays the same and it goes into next year. And obviously this can change, but let's say that's the case. Let's say Deuce is here. Um, I'd like to say IQ is here, but for reasons we discussed, let's Let's just leave him out of the picture for the moment, just for the moment. You've got Obi, you've got Hartenstein. If he's here, if you don't have him, you have Sims. We're talking about two rotation spots to fill. You know, maybe one of them's a veteran. Maybe one of them's a player drafted this year. Um, if you, if IQ stays, then it's really just probably one spot at that point. Maybe not. Like I don't know what kind of targets you necessarily need unless it's trying to use that excess salary so in terms of the actual players they're not a lot that's the thing like you can and I'll, I'll actually pull it up just so i have it in front of me but there aren't a ton of guys who really seem like solid candidates i'm sure i'll dig through you know more as we get to that point and in the summer like 
Alec Burks would be a great option. I don't know if he'll be a free agent because the Pistons have a team option and they might trade him somewhere else. You know, like, are they going after a Jay Crowder type? Probably not. I think he could secure a longer, more lucrative deal. Well, maybe not more lucrative than 11 million, but at least more money and maybe for a, a team that's further along than the Knicks are. It's a weak market, you know? Seth Curry is an option, but I, you know, he's a, he's on a better team right now. So I like the question. My answer right now is probably not, not too many guys I can think of. I mean, the Knicks have a room exception. They haven't used it. So they don't necessarily use all of their exceptions, the full stabilities. Um, so maybe they do, but we'll, we'll talk about it later. Let's we'll go through the deadline and we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, I assure you dirty dancer. Uh, from Kimchi Graph X, do you think Obi would give a greater return value than Randall? I don't because, again, Julius, what he's doing to me has greater value than the potential of what Obi can be. And I don't say that to put Obi down. I think Obi can be a really solid player. And with when he's healthy and hopefully more opportunity to shine, that's important. You know, it's also just it's a challenge to get him to be able to play. And with Randall there, it's, it's just, it's difficult. I don't think Obi is going to net you the value that Randall, at least in the eyes of the Knicks will do it because again, Randall's just, he's doing it. We hope Obi does it. Obi did it at the end of last season. That's important, but it's just a, the, the ends of seasons is different from like now, now everyone's playing their hardest. There's no let up. I'm not trying to discount or discount what quickly or top and did last year. I think it was important to show out if it were so easy, everyone would be doing it. They didn't. Those guys did, but it's really tough to, to say, Hey, this is a consistent performer with Randall. And again, it's up and down. So maybe consistent is not the right word, but when Randall's on, he's really on. And when Obi's on, he's a phenomenal rotation player. And I, can't believe it's just that word because I know it's going to be picked apart. So let me take that back for a second. I see Obi as someone who can give you really great minutes. And I believe he can be a starter in this league. I just don't think that he has the ability at this moment to give you more than Julius Randle would command in a trade. And I also don't think the Knicks want to trade Julius Randle. I think they're fine with having Obi back him up. So long-winded way of saying, I don't think he would give greater a greater return than Randle. Um, he's also just... He's, he's like 25 years old, 24, Obi. I think he was born in 98. So he's not that far behind Randall in terms of age. So, yeah. Blood of the Panda. Do you think the Grizzlies would be interested in swapping bad contracts? In Fournier and Green for a chance at Cam, it would require another contract potentially. Dylan Brooks and maybe a rookie. So Green's an expiring contract. And he's probably not going to step foot on the floor this year. If he does, it's, you know, postseason time. And that's hard to reincorporate him or incorporate him because he's never played for the Grizzlies. So the bad contract here is really, in this context, the Fournier one. I think they like Dylan Brooks a lot. I think they want to keep him. I think he brings an energy that they really, you know, appreciate. I think he's important to them. Cam doesn't necessarily seem like an option for them because of the fact that they really just like to go in on the draft. That's where their main focus is. They, sometimes they'll do trades every now and then and maybe free agency if there's cap space, but it's really more draft focused. And I don't think 
they're the type of team that takes a flyer on someone like Cam. I think they're more interested in how do we build through the draft and keep adding talent that way? Because you get four years of rookie scale deal versus we have to pay Cam Reddish and we don't know entirely what he is, but we have a decent idea. So I don't think they're the best match. This It feels like a little lopsided from the Knicks perspective. And I think it, the Knicks have to send a pick and I don't think they want to do that. They so said, no, they don't want to do that. Uh, from Junon, what teams could use Obi correctly and also afford to trade for him? I, I hate seeing his talents wasted in the corner. Uh, yeah, I'd agree. I mean, they're, they're several teams. Like I could, the wizards benefit if they're moving Kuzma. Um, they have to pay Hachimura this year. I don't, I don't know if he's necessarily their favorite option. I also don't think they have a ton to deal since surprise. The Knicks hold rights to a lot of their picks for, or their pick for the next four years or so. Um, the bulls, you know, I mean, How's Patrick Williams experience going? It's not as good as anticipated. That injury really affected his development. That's certainly an issue. Uh, I'm intrigued by the Timberwolves if they moved Carl Anthony Towns, but they don't really have anything that the Knicks would want. And they're not going to sell low on in that sense. Um, you know, the Warriors, I mean, he'd be fun there. He'd be a blast to see on the Warriors. Uh, let's see where else as you get further and further down the list, it's harder to find these teams that have their picks that are comfortable doing it. Utah maybe. And they've got plenty of cap space. So paying him down the line wouldn't be a problem. So there are a few teams. Yeah. But you know, I, I keep worrying that next year is like, like this is the last year we see Obi and Julius especially because if we're having the conversations with quickly of paying him is the same thing going to happen with Obi to be determined. Um, so there are other teams that could use him far better and actually cater to his strengths as opposed to being more of a spot up guy. Do they have the picks to get the job done where the Knicks clearly value Obi, but they value Julius Randle more. Don't necessarily think so at this point in time. It's more of an off season deal, I believe. Philip Casanovas. No one wants Levine. Uh, Levine's a brutal year. I mean, I saw something about where a lot of his percentages are just down, points per game down. Just He's just not playing like a star, but he's getting paid like one. And um, the knee scares me a lot. Uh, you know, he's, I always felt that he's a, he's a good, really good player, but I don't know if he's a winning player. They've added talent. I mean, they were good when Lonzo was healthy, but now he's not. For me, it just comes down to, do I feel like on the average night, Zach Levine is a top 20 player? And I, right this season, I do not. If you can get his legs under him, then perhaps. But I just don't, I, I'm just worried. I'm very worried about what his future is. Um, I don't feel like that's the type of player you necessarily invest in. You know, you could make the argument of paying more for Donovan Mitchell than paying less for Zach Levine because well, Donovan Mitchell's a better player. He's also healthier, and he's younger. I think that's those are really important components. Fortunately, it's not one or the other. It's just with Levine, there are some significant drawbacks, and 
the Bulls are such a weird team right now. I, I don't think they're going to pull the plug on them this year anyway, because they've made their bed. They don't want to blow it up. They can't really do it because their pick is only top four protected. So maybe they get into a scenario where this summer they're trying to offload him. And I just feel like there's a team that's going to be more desperate than the Knicks. Like if the Mavs are terrible, are they willing to shell out a couple unprotected firsts for Zach Levine, knowing that they could just add some sort of talent on Luca and be like, Hey, look, we're, we're, we're building around you. Don't worry. Don't force your way out in a couple of years. We're, we're, we're processing, we're going through it. Yeah. I think there's, there are going to be teams that are more desperate to get a star than the Knicks because he's a star because they have to win on someone else's timeline. I'll say the one nice thing about the Knicks not having a superstar. They don't have to worry about a timeline, which means that it's really, we can be loosey goosey with it with other teams, like with the Lakers They've got LeBron James and Anthony Davis. They have to win now. The Mavs have Luka Doncic. They need to really start winning soon, especially considering they just went to the Western Conference Finals. If they miss the playoffs, which I don't think they will, but if they did, that'd be a pretty steep drop. So, yeah, I, I just, I'm not a huge fan. Haven't really been a huge fan. Maybe someone will take a bite. I just don't think it'll be the Knicks, and I kind of hope it isn't. But thank you for the question. Jason M. I think the Knicks will move IQ in the offseason after they draft his replacement um, to Quavion Smith. Thoughts? Haven't seen enough of the prospects to have thoughts on Smith, but yes, I, I think the Knicks are of the belief where, again, it's upgrade or assets, but they don't try to get worse as a team. So I could see the Knicks trying to focus on NBA ready talent. They found NBA ready talent in the back end of the draft, whether or not Tibbs plays them or plays them as much as we would like is a different story. But yeah, I think they're with, with IQ. That's why when I said in the the most recent podcast, like the only trade I would do for IQ right now is for talent that makes the Knicks better in the present. Other than that, if you're trading IQ away and you're not replacing him with someone who is who's giving you what he can give you, then it just, it, it feels like you're pushing and pulling at the same time. You want to be a better team, but you're trading one of your better players and you're not replacing him with someone that makes you better. doesn't make sense, which is why ultimately if IQ is moved, I agree, Jason, I think it would be a summer move. I do not think it would be mid season. Be great. If IQ weren't moved at all, Um, it's more a question of the, business and the financial side of it versus the ability to make the Knicks better. Cause we know he makes the Knicks better, but can you, there's an opportunity cost here that has to be discussed and I'm sure we'll talk more about it. Hopefully this summer, because it means IQ wouldn't have been traded yet. And there's still a chance that he can stay here on this team long-term. Blood of the Panda. What do you think went through Brock Aller's mind when he was forced to make that Evan Fournier contract? Well, I think what went through his mind was the market value, like the market. You have to do three years guaranteed because of the fact that that was simply what the market was asking for. The Knicks needed spacing. They needed more creation than Reggie Bullock was able to give them in the playoffs. And he probably felt, all right, well, here's what we can do. We can give him a team option for the fourth year. Like we do for a lot of the other players. We can sign and trade to acquire him. We're fine giving the Celtics a trade player exception. Maybe we can net some sort of 
pick back, second round pick, which didn't really amount to anything anyway. I think it was extinguished. But, you know, we're fine with it at the time being because we need to add talent. And if memory serves with the sequence of events, it was, yeah, it was Fournier. And then a few days later, Kemba came on to the scene. So my understanding for that situation was it, the Knicks didn't know ahead of, like they didn't know before free agency that Kemba was available. It came up later. So the Knicks probably just, I mean, it's an honest question. Like what would the Knicks have done if they didn't have Kemba Walker available? I mean, they were in on Kendrick Nunn for a little bit. I think in a perfect world, Brock is probably thinking, yeah, all right, I can live with Evan Fournier, but need someone to, you know, counteract his defensive shortcomings. And then it didn't happen. And you probably felt if you look at the way that the Knicks are operating, where they're really more on like from the point that they started, like a three or four year plan, they could stomach having Evan Fournier. And it's like, listen, if we have to get out and trade him when he's an expiring contract, we could do it. And we probably don't have to pay a huge point, but you know, kudos to, to everyone involved for being able to say it's not working, Evan, we're not going to bring you on. But I think that if, if you look at it from like a more macro point of view, where the Knicks are given a really long leash, the front office is able to make moves and it's not going to absolutely crush them. We don't have to get to a point where there's high turnover at the executive level after two, three years. Probably thought, yeah, this isn't my favorite thing right now, but we can manage. We can live through it. It's totally fine. And we're seeing a point where it's not totally fine, but it's not going to get that much worse. Either he doesn't play or he's traded. That's really how I see it. So, um, but yeah, he was probably, probably in his mind. It's not the worst thing we can move it. We can, it's just waiting. But in the meantime, yeah, it's, it's not our timeline, but they're probably better deals that we can make. Uh, Drew P, do you think that the Bucks would be willing to unprotect their pick for Cam? I think it's unlikely, but I think it's the best potential package. So it's not the Bucks that would actually need to unprotect that pick. It is the Pelicans because the Pelicans got that pick in the Drew Holiday trade. They sent it over to the Trailblazers and that was they decided to protect it or at least it was protected uh, one through four. And then the Knicks got it. And now it's after that. So the Knicks have to go through the Pelicans to do it. I don't think they would. I feel like that's the sort of thing where the Pelicans would want an asset for it. The Knicks don't want to give up an asset for a draft pick that, you know, unless like what Frank is saying that the, the bucks are trading Giannis in his last, the last year of his contract, they're going to finish with a pretty high record. Um, and so if you're the Knicks, you're pretty confident that it's going to convey. There's a chance it doesn't, but you're, pretty comfortable even if Giannis misses some time their injuries that the pick will convey and you're fine. So no, I don't think that they'll go to the Pelicans and unprotect the pick for Cam. Junon, Isaac Okora, anyone? A swap for Reddish works could actually benefit both teams. I don't know if the Knicks are going to be interested in Okoro. His shooting is just woeful um and for a team that's what 30th and three-point shooting i don't think he is the option they're looking for i do get what you're saying though in terms of uh a wing for a wing an eye for an eye but i don't think that's where the knicks want to go i think they're looking for something that kind of 
helps them at least with spacing more than that because Okoro would, yeah, he'd make them the 31st worst three point shooting team in the league. Don't want that. Uh, Kimchi graphics is Hartenstein dark horse candidate to get moved. If he can IDK on recent signing rules, not sure if the front office views him as better enough than Sims to play him, especially if his contract is needed in a bigger deal. Um, yeah, he is a dark horse candidate. I was, um, there's, there's a move that I have in mind. That's like, there's some trickery behind it. I'm going to save it for a later pod. I'm sorry to to tempt it, but I want to talk about it with John when the time comes, because I think it's it's I don't see it happening, but I think there's there's something about it where the Knicks could be really creative with how they move him. I do think he's a dark horse, though, a dark horse candidate to be moved. Yes, especially if the Knicks want to get Sims more time. Just I don't I don't think it's going to happen now. I also wish that Hartenstein were used more to his ability. You know, I, I don't think that his value takes such a hit on the trade market because he's not being used in the way that he should be. But like teams saw what he could do last year. They know what his passing acumen is. They know what he's able to do on the, at least one of the offensive glass, but the defensive. So I don't think he's really going to be moved, but if he did, uh, yeah, I, I don't, I wouldn't be shocked. I'd be a little surprised, but I wouldn't be shocked at all. Mino F, Jeremy, if the Knicks finish with two picks in this draft, let's say in the mid-teens, what do you predict they do? What do you want them to do? Trade up, draft both, trade for a player. Ideally trade up. I think that'd be great. If I know the Knicks, like I think I know the Knicks, probably be try to trade up first. And if that doesn't work, then trade out with one of those picks for a future draft pick. I think it would have to be worth their while though. This is a really good draft class that's coming up. If they feel like they can get better talent now, they should do it. They should just, they should just draft them. Uh, another thing as well, just to consider if we're talking about IQ, if he's still on the team and they're looking to flip IQ, is it better to use him as a trade-up scenario or as a future first round pick? I'd say in that case, I'd probably go with future first round pick. I think it's more meaningful, but if the front office sees someone that's just can't miss and IQ is the type of player where they move him and they they get the star talent or you know the potential with the, with the legitimately high floor as well. Then it's worth it. It's worthwhile. So uh, yeah, I would say an order of what I would do: trade up, trade out with one of those picks for a future pick. Um, I could also trade down and then trade out with one of them, but at least draft one player. I was fine with it last year. I cannot accept not drafting a player this year i would be i'd be upset at that i want at least one draft drafted player please leon thank you uh drippy could you see mitch being traded after january 10th would uh who would be interested so mitch could be traded after january 15th january 10th is more for the non-guaranteed guys but mitch and his extension that's january 15th sure um i don't think it'll happen with mitch i think I think the Knicks really try to handle a lot of their business in the off season In midseason. They really just look for what will stabilize them in some manner or kind of consolidate in some way, but just looking at the list of teams, you know, Detroit was interested. Uh, Toronto, uh, Ian Begley talked about how they were a potential suitor for him in the off season. Couldn't make it work. I think he'd make a lot of sense there. I really don't know what Toronto is trying to do, what they're trying to accomplish. They, I mean, regardless if they want to 
if they want to like take a step back and kind of diversify their portfolio of wings, maybe cut down on one of the wings and build around other players, they could do that or he'd be an option. So I'll go with, I'll go with them. Uh, I think they could be interested, but other than that, you know, I mean, it's, it's not going to be Boston or Milwaukee. It's not going to be the Pelicans. It's not going to be the Grizzlies or the Nuggets or the Cavs or the Suns. Uh, the Nets really just have ideally the the Philly pick that they could have. And I don't think they're going to want to do that. I don't think they need to do that. Claxton's been doing a really nice job defensively. The Kings have Sabonis. The Blazers have Nurkic. The Clippers have Zubats. The Sixers have Embiid. I don't have any interest in helping the Mavs whatsoever. I'd like for that pick to be as close to 11 as possible. Hawks don't see it. Pacers only if they traded Miles Turner, but even then it wouldn't be Turner coming to the Knicks, in my opinion, to be a three-team deal that nets the Knicks on their center. I could see the Warriors being interested, but they don't really have solid contracts. Not really interested in Kaminga, maybe Moody, definitely not Wiseman. Uh, the Jazz were interested with Donovan Mitchell situation, but they've got Kessler playing really nicely and Olenek. The Wolves aren't an option. We just talked about the Raptors. The Heat have Bam Adebayo. Lakers, I don't really see it. I think they need more spacing. Uh, the Bulls could potentially if they don't want to re-sign Vucevic, but you know, maybe, maybe not. The Thunder could use some sort of big, but I don't know how willing they're they are to do that. Like you get to a point lower on in the standings where it's like, why is a team trading an asset for Mitchell Robinson? If they feel they're in Victor Wembanyama territory. So I'll go with, I'll go with the bulls and the Raptors. Other than that, I just don't really see him moving. I think the Knicks are going to keep him through the year. That's a good question. Dirty Dancer. I love the recent defensive culture. If the Knicks feel obligated to choose between IQ and Obi, why would they choose Obi? I've honestly been wondering this myself because I, you know, if we're picking favorites, I, my favorite is IQ over Obi. I think the reason the Knicks do it, why they would in this case be theoretically picking Obi over IQ. Number one, as things stand, I feel Obi would cost less. So you could still find a way to keep one of them. And, and that's the case. Number two, I think the big thing with IQ, I was having this conversation with um, noted uh, Patreon, um, a patron and uh, Nick's enthusiast, the one and only Robert Cross, hashtag 53 wins. Robert's a big IQ fan. And Robert was saying, you know, like, why is it that, why is it you can't keep IQ, right? Like, why can't you still have him on this roster? And I was saying, well, you know, one of the philosophies, if you're like, if you're trading IQ for a future first or whatever, you're trying to create cap space most likely. And if you want to do that, you need to like, you have to get the job done. Otherwise you're just, you're trading a first round pick for a player who's actually young and able to help you win. And you could just keep him here. You don't have to move him. And I said, you know, like if, if you moved IQ and you created cap space and were able to sign a top 50 player, then that's worth it. Unfortunately, that's like objectively worth it. And Robert said, well, what happens if IQ like, isn't, is it that crazy that IQ could be a top 50 player? And I said, no, it's not. It's definitely not crazy. But if the Knicks are sticking with Jalen Brunson, which they will, 
And if they prefer Quentin Grimes as a starter, which they do, there's no, there's no promotion for IQ. He's stuck on the bench. And let's say in this hypothetical that IQ is a top 50 player. How many top 50 players come off of the bench? If there are any, it's, it's one or two. Um, it's slim. It's really slim. And then it's like, okay, well, how can you, how can you diversify it? How can you get something? And, and this is where the interesting thing comes in, right? All right, let's say they, the Knicks try to sign that top 50 player. Well, isn't that going to displace someone else, right? Like you've got RJ, you got Randall, you got Mitch. Are the Knicks moving one of those guys out? Because otherwise you're just signing a top 50 player to be a bench player, or at least come off the bench, the same thing you do with IQ. And that's why I still think that there's, there's an, a future consolidation type trade where, you know, is it RJ and Mitch? Is it RJ and Randall? Is it Mitch and Randall? Is it like, there's so many iterations of it, but it's the point of how that all works. And I think that's why the Knicks feel like, well, if we're going to shell out money, we'd rather have it be towards a starter than someone who's in this case, a really good sixth man. And when you look around the league, there aren't many teams that pay three guys that, you know, like all guards upwards of $15 million. And, you know, the good news is Quentin Grimes isn't going to be making $15 million for the next few years. So you have time. You could point to what I think is the one thing that points to the contrary, which is the Celtics, right? Like they've got Marcus Smart. They've got Derek White. And they have Malcolm Brockton. The difference with the Celtics is the Celtics have Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. And they were able to utilize the draft to get their stars. And then they could afford to not have to worry about cap space because they were just that good. And they went over the cap. That's not the direction the Knicks are going. And when everything is designed for how can we get a star or a superstar or two of them, then you have to figure in with IQ and OB. And then it's an opportunity cost. And it's if Emmanuel quickly is going to cost more than Obi Toppin and you can find similar production through the draft, through trades, through free agency, whatever it is. It's just about the numbers. So that's why I feel like they would choose between Obi and IQ because of the finances. That's a great question. I really appreciate the opportunity to be able to say that. And I hope that they both stay, but I get it if they don't. Junon, how has Gordon Hayward's name not come up yet? You feeling okay? I talked enough about Gordon Hayward yesterday and over the summer where I felt like he could use a little bit of a break. Um, and I don't mean that as a double entendre because he's made of glass. I mean that as maybe his name doesn't need to come up quite as much anymore. I said my piece. Um, yeah, I'm just fascinated by how that whole situation resolves itself because he just doesn't seem like a great fit for uh for charlotte next year and i think he'll go somewhere but i don't know where it is maybe it's back to utah it'd be kind of funny all for full circle mino f jeremy do you think the recent circumstances of obi's injury or randall's improved play has significantly changed the front office thoughts on either which one do you think gets moved i don't i don't think the knicks were going to move either of them in season unless it was for someone who is clearly better or an offer they can't refuse i don't think either of those things happen that still make the Knicks a really good team in terms of which I think get, get moved first. Um, I mean, I guess I'll say Obi. I just think that the Knicks like Randall more than the fans do. And I think that they're willing to move him absolutely, but it's gotta be on their price point. And while they can still be a good team. And if Randall's making the Knicks a better team, like we've been seeing recently, it's hard to, 
hard to argue with that as much. You know, I get the argument for like sell high, but again, you sell high. That's great. You can use those assets. That's perfect. But the Knicks don't want to tank. So it's pushing and pulling at the same time. So, um, but that's, that's really future Jeremy's problem to worry about. That's future. All of our problems to worry about. I don't think anything's going to happen either than mid season. If something happened with either of them, I'd be shocked. So yeah, but I'll, I'll say Obi for right now, unfortunately. Uh, Anthony Strano, thank you for the super chat contribution. Are you buying any of the coup stuff? Just don't see the fit with Jew, RJ and Grimes on the team. Uh, no, there's no fit. He's a starter. Um, he's a legitimate starter and he's a four. So if you are trading for Kyle Kuzma, you're trading for him to be a starter and you're moving Julius Randle some capacity. And as I mentioned earlier, don't see the Knicks doing that type of a swap. I think they'd really rather just keep Randle. He's under contract. They don't have to worry about paying him again. He's already been paid. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, I'm not really buying it. I think, as I mentioned with Phoenix, I think they're a much better option. I could see, you know, is he going to Miami? Um, there are way there are other teams that I think really are better fits for him than New York because there's a lot of hoops that need to, you know, be jumped through in order to get Kuzma here. So I, I don't really buy it. I don't see it. All right. So I think might be wrapping up soon if we if we don't have anything else. But this was a lot of fun. So thank you all. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Really appreciate it. Um, we'll be back. There's a game, obviously, tomorrow uh, being Wednesday, December 14th. So check in for John's post game after that against the Bulls. We'll be back next week. Um, and yeah, as it says, thanks for tuning in tonight, everyone. We'll be back for tomorrow night's game against the Chicago Bulls. Don't forget to like the video, subscribe to the channel, and follow KFS on social. Uh, it's at Nick's Films. Uh, at K-N-I-C-K-F-I-L-M-S. Until then, thank you so much. Capitals everything around me. We'll do this again soon. I think uh, we got some stuff planned, some fun stuff planned. But, you know, the next time I'll see you will be via podcast forum with my good friend, John. So thank you all. Bye. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. 
Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.